Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Matt, and I'm here with Pastor Jamal. Yo. And Pastor Todd. Good morning. And we're excited for you to join with us again today. So I wanted to open up yesterday. Um, I preached at church, and I was talking about some celebrity name changes. And there was a ton. There, I came across so many. I wanted to see if you guys could get another uh, maybe two or three here. Okay. This one may be a little easier, but can you guess who um, John Roger Stevens is? John Roger Stevens. It, well, musician. Yes, musician. I was gonna give a hint, but yeah, yeah, okay, musician. Okay. Um. Oh wait. Man, I don't even know. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, wait. you're onto it. Wait, wait, John Rogers, uh, Prince. No. 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 It's not Prince, actually. No. Yeah. Younger, young. John Rogers Stevens. Um, this person has won multiple awards in multiple categories. Sure. Outside of the music industry as well. Oh, so man. like an actor too. Yeah, they're like the only person to have won like a Grammy. Oh, they're an EGOT? An Oscar, like, yeah, whatever that's called. Like, under a certain age. Yeah. Oh, under a certain age. I couldn't tell you. I, I don't know. Adam John Roger Stevens. Oh, what was, what was your guess? Uh, Adam Levine? Uh, no. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's John Legend. John Legend. John Legend. Uh, yeah. And um, they say, he said that John Legend was a nickname that his friends gave him. So he starts getting famous and he's like, yeah, just call me John Legend. Yeah, why <laughs> that's kind of cool. Prince. Cool. I know Prince has a different, yeah, but anyway, go ahead. Yeah, John Legend. Uh, okay, wait, here's another one. Try not to look. Because <laughs> I see you scrolling. Oh, yeah, you see me. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, all right, this is good. This is good. This is uh, an actor. Maurice Joseph Micklewhite. <laughs> Maurice Joseph Micklewhite. Famous actor. A little older now. Um, I don't want to say too much. We're not talking about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, are yeah. we? No way. Uh, no. His name is Willard, though. His, yeah, yeah, really? it's Willard, not Will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No way. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, okay. Yeah, that's a, there's a, a free one there. Um, this person's um, British, English, Mickle uh, White should help you there. So older actor, very famous in a lot of movies. Final hint, in a lot of Christopher Nolan movies. Oh, oh, it's... um. You know who it is. Is it the guy who played, who played Alfred, yep, right? Yep. Uh, oh. What is his name? No, no. <sighs> I, tell you. I, don't, I don't know what his name is, but I know I, I got a Michael Caine. <laughs> Michael Caine is his Michael name. Michael Caine. He was yes. in uh, Muppets Christmas. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, Maurice Classic. Joseph Nicklewhite. They say he took his last name from the movie The Caine Mutiny, which I don't know what movie that is. Mm, mm, but now he's Michael Caine. So uh, if you guys were to possibly change your name. I know it probably depends on the circumstance, but what's a name change you would make? We we said yesterday, like, your name determines your identity. You know, I was thinking, I almost use this example that, like, even when it comes to, like, fantasy things or, like, video games or something, like, when you have the opportunity to name your character, part of the fun of that is because it's like, oh, this is the identity. Like, if I was this character, it'd be so cool if I was called this because that's my identity. Like, you guys have, I don't know, what if you change your name or something like that? Yeah, so you got to have, like, a macho name, right? Yeah. So Xbox, when I first got my Xbox and <clears throat> started playing online, uh, one of the first games I got, actually, before I was playing online, was the Star Wars game that I loved, and I was trying to come up with a cool name, so I came up with Thod Duff. I know it doesn't sound cool, but it was <laughs> at the time. So rearrange my letters and my name, and you end up with that. So... 
Um, <clears throat> so that would be all my, whenever you got to create your own character, I would always use that name. And then when I started playing online and people started making fun of me for being duff, and I, it was, it was, it took a blow to my ego. <laughs> so I decided to change my name to be a little bit more impressive. Uh, and because, you know, as a kid growing up, Transformers, I love Transformers. Shout and, out. Yeah. And there was a time when Optimus Prime died and then somebody else took over named Rodimus Prime. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be Totimus Prime. Yeah. There so, you go. So, yeah, I'm a leader. Totimus <laughs> Prime. Prime. I'm a leader in deaths, like <laughs> me dying as I'm playing the video game. <laughs> but, leader of the Autobots. But it sounded better than <laughs> Duff. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I like that. Toddy's yeah. Prime. I think if I were to change my name, I, so I would say, I think for the longest time I wanted to maybe possibly change my name to something less exotic sounding, right? Cause Jamal is pretty unique. And I think that one of the things I used to not like about my name is that if I went to a place like Disney or like Six Flags and they get all those those things with your name on it, like you yeah. would never find Jamal. Like Jamal is just one of those names you're not going to find. Okay. And so I was like, why don't I just be named, I don't know, Brandon or like, you know, <laughs> I remember my mom said that she wanted to name me Marcus at one point. And then my dad wanted to name me Rodan. And I was like, well, I don't even know what Rodan like, is. What is isn't that a character from Godzilla, Rodan? Well, my dad says Rodan is the name of the man who posed for the statue of the thinker. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh. Well, that's interesting. That's uh, my son. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? I was like, I declare this over here. And life. I was so grateful for my mother to veto that name. <laughs> I was like, uh, thank you for not allowing that to ride. So, yeah, maybe something a little bit more. Um, ambiguous that people would be like oh this sounds like a normal like regular person okay okay so funny story you're talking about how you couldn't find your name on stuff my parents actually got my name todd from the little bicycle license plates you would see in shops huh. but i think that's the only time i really ever saw todd on anything every once in a while you see it there but yes i'm named after a license plate well there you go <laughs> all right <laughs> there you go I'm named after my dad, whose name is also Matthew. Uh, we have a different middle name, so I'm not a junior. Mm. I'm not the second. I have a different middle name. Mm. But uh, that's where my name comes from. So if I were to name a character something different, I do know my Star Wars character's name, and it's kind of like yours, Pastor Todd, similar to my own name. I love <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's my favorite character. But yeah, my name, Matthew Jones, has become part of my identity, so my Star Wars name would be Matthias Jenobi. And so that's like my that's my Jedi name ah, or like whatever. Like this. I think it has a flow to it. I like it. And so. when you design your characters, do you, do you uh, like on the video games, do you make them look like you? Uh, well, if I could, yeah. If that's like yeah. optional. Yeah, yes. I do. That's Mine a, are always bald. That's a, that sounds good for you guys. That's a... That's great. <laughs> I sometimes struggle to create a character. Um, I don't know. They're just not really a lot of options for... Uh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I try the best that I can. I'm like, what's a perfect shade of brown that I can get in here? <laughs> like, Usually it doesn't. They don't always... All, they've been trying to get better. I, this is really sad. Uh, they do a better job in the basketball games. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, oh, here's tells you who they're targeting. My, co my color's there. There it is. My colors. My <laughs> colors in the rest. basketball and the football games. But uh, uh, I think we should change the topic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying? Come on, video game developers, help us out. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. All right. So you know, yesterday, like we said, we started out with our names determine our identity. We talked about some of the celebrity name changes, but um, 
Wanted to ask, what are some names that have become part of your identity? Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be bad. It could be good. What are some maybe a little more obvious or less obvious names that have become part of your identity? You talking about how like how we think of ourselves and the things that we call ourselves? Or you're yeah. just talking about like nicknames or like, uh, I guess both. <sighs> um, I don't know. Sometimes I struggle with the voice in the back of my head always talking about being failure. Mm. Mm. You know, and that sometimes is the name that rolls around my head or and I know that that comes from comparing myself to other people, you know, and that's mm. not good, but that's that's one of the struggles of sometimes how I define myself. Mm. Um yeah, so that was yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I think one of the things that popped into my brain. So uh, we have a student, and uh, well, a couple of the guys call me this, but like we have one particular student, um, <laughs> Max Die. But sometimes he'll call me Papa Bear. He'd be like, "What's up, Papa Bear?" And I'm like, "Why are you this way?" You know. But I, yeah. but it's, it's, I understand. It's like a term of endearment. Like, yeah. He'll come in. He's like, "What's up, Big J? What's up, baby?" You know. I'm like, "Dude, you're you're high levels right now." But <laughs> oftentimes, what I recognize is. is it's a term of endearment. Like he enjoys being here, enjoys having fun, even though I like, you know, making fun of him and messing around, like, you know, uh, in what death hack or whatnot and like poking, poking the bear a little bit, you know, trying to mm. antagonize him. But it's like a brother, like a brotherly like type of love type situation. So that's pretty cool. Nice. Okay. Mm. Um, we talked about how our identity determines our destiny and even what you were just hitting on Pastor Todd, you know, this is some of what we talked about yesterday talked about Jacob, how his name was Heel Grabber, mm-hmm. and how that kind of became part of his uh, identity. Even even what you were just saying, Pastor Jamal, being called like, yeah, Papa Bear or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Even that, though, it kind of does, yeah, it is a term of endearment and does denote a relationship that you have there. Yeah, so know? there is, I do recognize in that there is like a kind of like a responsibility that kind of almost comes from that too, right? Like to kind of be almost like that brotherly fatherly figure like you know and that is kind of the nature of our relationship there are times when i'm like having conversation with him and and it isn't this it's this encouraging thing uh and there are times when it's like a relationship or in our relationship where i am kind of being like hey bro like you need to you know think about these things and then there are times like i said i'm definitely just being the big brother and i'm just trying to like annoy him you know like and like just like you know set him off like we'll play like dodgeball or we'll play like because we're super competitive we'll play a sport like basketball or something and i'll be like i'll make a shot and i'll be like see i'm i'm way better than you you're trash like and that's so so big brother you know yeah, like yeah. and he'll immediately be like no let's go again like immediately like let's yeah. do it like i'm like dude just relax like yeah yeah but i'm I obviously i'm being a nudge i'm being annoying so <laughs> yeah so um Talking about some names that have become uh, part of your identity, I, I was thinking more maybe positive or like sure, a like natural dad in the beginning, yeah, <laughs> yeah. dad, husband, uh-huh, absolutely. You know, yep. and those were yep. those were some pretty pretty big ones. You know, obviously you get down and you you know propose. That's a big deal mm-hmm. um, for her to say yes. Is like all right, like she she chose me and now we're moving into this level of the relationship where I gained this new role, this new aspect of who I am, this new identity um, as husband. And even in when you think about it, like you, it's an evolution, right? Like you got to yeah. grow into that role and uh, you got to grow into the role as dad because right? in the beginning, I 100% didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to change diapers and I was just like, ah, but she, you know, she was like, "No, you gotta do it like this," and I'm like, "Well, I, I, I know what I'm doing. Like, I, I, I'm a grown man, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a grown man, but I'm not 
well versed in the in the things of being a father and so i had mm-hmm. to kind of grow in, in, and evolve in that so yeah which that's cool right there's mm-hmm. an evolution that takes place um and i i was wondering too and uh you know i think we hit on it a little bit yesterday but like so those are names that um you grow into you evolve into like as you know, you get older, or you take mm-hmm. on this responsibility, and they become part of our identity. But what are maybe some labels that people have given you maybe um, in the past, I guess good or bad, uh, or people give you now, it, you know, as, as personal or not personal yeah. as you want to get? Yeah, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not trying to open boxes. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I know I'm Debbie Downer. <laughs> no, no, you're I, not, I'm not going to be good. So, no, I think so. Here are. you go. This is actually probably really perfect for this for this conversation and exactly what you're asking for in high school phyllis and i went to high school together so our senior year um we actually had english class together and uh there was a corner where we kind of sat it was me her my friend maurice uh another a couple other friends and we would just we would just cut up in class and just like be goofy all the time and i remember phyllis tells she you got to ask her this story one time but um whenever you get a chance but i remember our English teacher told her she was like, she was like, you need to not hang out with Jamal and the rest of those guys. They're just bad news, bad trouble, and they're only gonna bring you down. Well, guess what, Miss Cop? <laughs> I married her. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, I was considered bad news and trouble, but uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that that actually makes me think kind of the opposite of that, right? My health class uh, in like my junior year, I think, or maybe my senior year. Yeah, I think it's my senior year. Like, uh, you know, you have all different types of kids. So like when we were, it was gym and then we had health for like a semester. Mm-hmm. And so I guess one time we, we were just all talking at the table. There's like, I don't know, 10 of us or something. And he's like, <laughs> uh, uh, the teacher, he's just like, hey, you over there, good kids, be quiet. Because he's always correcting other kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, good, good kids. kids, be quiet. That's funny. That was funny but. No, that is funny. Yeah, I think about when I was, uh, even in school, like think about labels, like everybody knew I was a Christian. Mm-hmm. Some people knew my dad was a pastor, I guess, but that wasn't a big deal. It was more like people, people knew I was a Christian, so people would say things like, oh, don't say that around Matt mm. or whatever, or... One time, a couple of my friends went to the movies and didn't tell me, and I was like really mad about it. Yeah, sure. And they're like, "Well, I figured like you can't do that because like you're mad." And I'm like, <laughs> "I was like, Dang. all right, you, like I hate you. <laughs> you know Dang, what? I don't want to go to the movies with you." But I remember thinking like, it was like a. Wow. I guess it wasn't a label, but just like. I was more Christian than those two were. So it was like, yeah, well, you're not invited to come to the movies with us. You just figured that, you know, you couldn't do that. Like, Like go to the movies? Yeah, man. (laughs) Eat popcorn? Especially that. (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) yeah. You're like, right, I can't, man. I'm better than you. (laughs) I don't want to hang out with you anyway. (laughs) So, um, you know, thinking about Pastor Jamal, when we've talked about, when we were talking about kind of starting the podcast and stuff, you were talking about a lot of times you know, like in a sermon, you want to like talk more about something and you don't always get to spend that amount of time. There were so many things I was thinking about with this and okay. like name changes of people. I really didn't name like pe- like Abraham and Sarah. So right. really cool. And mm-hmm. um, even like going from Abram to Abraham, right. like God is almost like inserting a letter of his own name. Mm. So now he's Abraham, like, yeah. you know, from Yahweh's name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how cool that is and stuff. But I don't know if you guys had thoughts. I referenced Jacob and Israel with the wrestling match. Like, and the significance of that story, like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you guys have studied that before or, like, um, things that jump out 
um, about that from you guys. I'm trying to not just talk the whole time. Yeah. I no, 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 you, no, no, you know, <laughs> no, you can. But I, but I'm cool with it though. I, I like because in my brain, I think that you know, you what you what you do in terms of preaching on Sunday, you know, is very much like presentation of the meal that people can eat. Mm-hmm. But I think the unique thing about this podcast and which I would just encourage you to go ahead and just speak on those things is like, now we get to see the chef in preparation, like the ingredients you used and um, the types of meat that you brought to, to the dish. And so by all means, my dude speak, you know, speak on those things. So nerd out, my man, tell me, tell me what you said. You studied this wrestling match and this wrestling aspect. So what, what's up, what's something that you didn't get to share Sunday about that, that you thought was like, Hey, this is very interesting about, well, well, I, I always I, I studied we did a series in youth group like two years ago mm-hmm. on the life of Jacob so I felt like I really studied his life in a new way and it was cool um, seeing that not only you know we're Christian and so we kind of look at it through those eyes but obviously this is really important it's it's like a, a Jewish story but even like in Islam like there are multiple religions that know these stories of like mm-hmm. Jacob mm-hmm. and even Joseph and that like they're they're almost like legends flow from them as well mm-hmm. um kind of like as a result of how he lived his life which which i just find so interesting like the how like highly valued they are and right. the life lessons in them and something that um i just like alluded to really quickly but how i was saying like if you're wrestling with god that's really the best place to be i heard a quote by somebody named jordan peterson i don't know if you guys have heard of him before He's um he's a famous well he's become famous the last like two years he's a philosopher mm-hmm. he's not a Christian but what people like about him is well there's a lot to say but he I think he honestly wrestles with topics mm. and so um, he did a study through the book of Genesis and like hearing his thoughts afterwards like he thought the the story of Cain and Abel he's like it's like maybe a paragraph <clears throat> but he's like there is something divine to this. There's no one human that could have written the story because he's like the layers of how complex and how deep this can go and the meaning and significance for life. It's, he's like, nobody could have come up with this on their own, mm-hmm. nobody. Mm-hmm. And so even this story, he said when he got to Jacob and Israel and Israel means wrestling with God, he's like, I just thought like, isn't that what faith is? That's isn't good. that what it means yeah. to wrestle? Like. Faith isn't blind. Faith isn't, I just believe everything now and I don't have any questions or doubts. Like, it's it's a wrestling match. Like, I'm trying to trust you, but this is how I feel inside. This mm-hmm. is what I've always done. But I hear what you're saying, God, I'm trying to do this now. And so I just thought that that was, like, awesome. And I so I shared that line really quickly. Yeah, so the poetic, you're talking about the poetic nature of the event that took place and how it plays out, not just for Jacob, not just for the nation of Israel, but for all of us who come after those things, you know, after, you know, the whole wrestling match, um, now being grafted into the family, how we too almost inherently, we feel that tension of that wrestling. And, you know, um, I, if I could just kind of like, or the thing that comes to my mind is, you know, Peter, like if Lord, if that's you out there on the water, tell me to come out there. He's already wrestling, you know, in his heart about, who is this guy that we, you know, that we, that we're following? Like this dude is doing all these miracles and now he's walking on water. Like, all right, uh, there's you out there. Tell me to come out there. You know? So like, I think that we see that through, you know, through, uh, not just the scriptures, but also in today's day and age with us as believers. Yeah. And the, the one thought I, that kind of connects throughout here, um, is when I read the verse, it says, so Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him, till daybreak 
and just the idea of like sometimes our identity doesn't always just happen mm-hmm. you know like that's the thing that picks up he wrestled with them till daybreak i can't imagine like having that long of a struggle with somebody yeah. that you're talking from like it, it sounds like from that it's like hours worth of struggle to get to the point where like finally the angel says okay i'm not gonna be able to be him so let me just dislocate his hip or whatever you know what i mean mm-hmm. and and just throughout that like the one thing about identity is like sometimes we have to wrestle with who are we mm. Like here's Jacob wrestling, and at the end of this wrestling, he comes from Jacob to Israel, and he, from from deceiver to now being the father of you know the Israelites and and all that, and it just makes me think like sometimes are we quick to jump into an identity that we don't wrestle through? Like who are Ooh, we? That's good. Who are we before God? Who did God create me to be? And 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 how do I define myself? And how do I get to this point where like. I am the person that God created me to be and um and and yeah so that that was just my thought about that oh, that's know. good man that's solid right there I don't I don't think we do <laughs> no, I don't I don't have anything to say after yeah, that Yeah well actually that's no 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 I, I do because I was thinking of going somewhere so I was going to ask this later kind of based off that maybe do we jump into an identity without wrestling with it like you mm-hmm. just said right so I, one of my questions, uh, we talked about how it's a process living up to your new name. Um, I was going to ask, how do we have the right perspective on this? I was thinking like, I was saying like, hey, you know, if you mess up, if you sin, like that's okay. Your identity doesn't have to be in that. But there's still also like a level of like conviction, right? If I've right. sinned, if right. I'm continuing to sin, I need to identify this in my life. I, I can't come to the place like, well, I'm not a sinner. It's fine. It doesn't matter what I do because I'm a child of God. I've Maybe I've jumped into that identity and haven't really wrestled with what that right. means. I don't know. So I was kind of, I wanted to ask, like, what's the right, how do, what is the right, or how do you get the right perspective when it comes to that? Like, hey, this is my new identity. This is how I identify, or, you know, this is who I am now. Yet also having the healthy perspective of, like, I am a sinner or, or whatever. Like, I feel like there's yeah. a wrestling match there. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think if we really have a good, solid identity built upon Scripture, that part of that identity includes conviction of sin, like understanding who we are. Like, we're all sinners, and the Bible says that's that's part of who we are. We we sin, we 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 come up short, um, and that's a part of who we are. It's not the totality of who we are, but if we start thinking to ourselves, "Oh, well, I never sin," well, then you have a false identity. You know what I mean? If I'm perfect, if I'm above sin, you have a false identity. And um, I think it's the wrestling with, okay, Scripture says God loves me a lot. He He has given me new life, made me a new creation. But then within part of that, he also says that I, and it's a harsh saying, but I could never be good enough, which is actually a good place to be because then I don't have to be good enough. I can rely on Christ. Yeah. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like that balance of understanding, okay, I am a sinner. I'm not defined by sin, but the reality is I do sin because that's part of being human. We struggle with sin. We struggle with failure. And it's important that I recognize that. It's important that I quickly come to confession Mm -hmm. and repentance of sin. And that doesn't have to define me unless I stop doing those things. You know what I mean? Then Mm -hmm. it starts to define me. But yes, that happens. And that's why Jesus said it's the sick who need the doctor, you know, not the ones who have it all together. Yeah. You know, if we had it all together, there'd be no need for Jesus and therefore, you know, this discussion wouldn't be happening. But 
We are fallen. We are broken. But Christ has called us out of that. That's part of our identity. He's called us out of those things. He's called us to be something more. He's, he's, he's justified and he's working on that sanctification. And that's part of who we are in our identity in Christ. We're being sanctified. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it's the balance between here's everything that God has made us and not ignoring the fact that here's what it means to be human and understanding both of those things, which actually makes our identity in Christ, I think, bigger or, mm-hmm. or, or more powerful because then we understand that, like, yeah, I do sin and, and I have to take sin seriously, but Jesus also took it seriously. And now this is what he's done for me. So I can be something more than that. You know, um, I think about, um, the question, if I'm understanding it right, is how do we approach the idea of um, our new identity and like mm-hmm. and choosing that to be the thing that we pursue? Is that the way I'm? Yeah, and and having the right perspective. The right perspective. Okay, yeah. so I so immediately my my mind goes to, I think it starts with the heart's des- the heart. Like your heart desire, your heart's desire has to be rooted in wanting better for yourself Mm -hmm. wanting an identity that is anchored in something of eternal stability if your heart is not there then you're going to choose something different you know and and all of us have that choice ultimately um you get to choose where you would like for your identity to be rooted Mm -hmm. um now with that being said if you're a follower of Jesus, then you've chosen your identity to be rooted in Christ. And if you've chosen for your identity to be rooted in Christ, then the proper approach is to allow the scriptures to tell you, hey, this is now how you live in that identity. Yeah. And that's, in my opinion, the perspective that we should have. And I, I think I've said this before on the podcast, but Ephesians, I think, is a great book that kind of starts just hammers that out from the very beginning about identity being rooted in Christ because Paul is in prison. He's writing to the church in Ephesus um, because he's gotten wind that they have basically, you know, they built up this church in Ephesus, which is supposed to be like super mega church, like Mm -hmm. one of the best churches in that time. And once he's in prison, people are kind of abandoning what he had been teaching to go back to worshiping Artemis, to go back to worshiping these Greek gods, um, almost in a sense of like, oh, well, I guess if Paul is in prison, then I guess this doesn't work, you know? And so then yeah. they kind of go back to what they were doing before. And so Paul writes, he's like, listen, let me let me remind you guys some things, right? Listen, we are blessed because of God the Father. Uh, um, we are blameless because of what he's done uh, in, uh, the sa- in the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. Um, and he talks about all of these different things that we now have um, as believers just in the first chapter. Like he, yeah. he goes off yeah. like and he's just like, yo, this is who you are now. There's no need to walk in these old patterns of behavior or old patterns of life because you now have this you have access to this in Christ Jesus. And so like, that's like the thing that he hammers. Like he says, in Christ, you have this, in Christ, you have this, in Christ, you are blameless in Christ. You, uh, you have forgiveness of sin in Christ, you know, uh, because of the Holy spirit, you have an inheritance, you know, like, and it's like, it's just almost like a, like a barrage almost of like, Hey, remember who you are. Like very, very, very Simba, Simba and Mufasa, like, you know, where Simba, uh, where Mufasa shows up in the clouds. He's like, remember, you know? So like, yeah, 
I think that the proper approach for us as believers is, okay, even though I feel this way, what do the scriptures say about who I am in Christ? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the proper perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Ephesians. Yeah. is an awesome book. And actually what I read from, I read Ephesians 4, 1, which some people would say is the pivot of the first three chapters. Mm-hmm. He's talking more of your identity yeah. in Christ. You've received the Holy Spirit as a deposit of your inheritance. We're God's uh, workmanship, his masterpiece, you know, mm-hmm. these, this identity of who you are. Um, and then in, Four verse one, it shifts and he goes, So therefore, right, live the calling that you've received, you've been called by God. And yep. then, you know, the rest uh, of the book is like, Yeah, lay aside your old self, renew your mind, whatever your hands do. If you used to do this, now do something good with yep. it, be an imitator of God, make yep. the most of your opportunities. Yep. Like, um, so yeah, yeah, the Ephesians is like an awesome book when it comes to, yeah, that, so know? I would, yeah, so I guess if, if you're listening to this podcast today and you say to yourself, you know, I, Pastor Matt's sermon was good and i think that what he said is applies to me you know i would challenge you then <clears throat> i would challenge you then to read ephesians like just start reading it and allow for the truths of that letter uh to settle on your heart if you got to read it every every day or you know take it piece by piece whatever you need to do but i think that paul offers a lot of practicality there um for those who maybe struggle sometimes a little bit with their identity. and i think a good perspective to keep though is a sense of humility too Mm. I am these things in Christ. Yeah. Which is uh, what I was, I guess I was trying to make a point of is that like, if we start thinking of ourselves as being like, Hey, I've got it all together. Then there's moments that maybe we are struggling with sin. It doesn't need to throw us off completely from being who Christ has made us be. You know what I mean? So, so like having an understanding of that, yeah, I am all these things and I'm all these things because of Christ, not because of what I've done. So when I do fall short, it doesn't negate all those things because it's not resting upon me. Yeah. It's resting upon who Christ is and what he's done that I can be this new creature in him. Yeah. Right. I think, yeah, and a random thought just came into my brain, but I believe there's a passage of scripture in Titus that talk, that says the Holy Spirit gives us the strength to say no to ungodliness. And so we're not left as orphans, right? We're, you know, going, kind of running back to our anonymous theme. We're not orphans. We now have been adopted. And because we've been adopted, we have access to the power, the Holy Spirit, to walk in this newness of life. So some people may say to themselves, I think you even said this in your message, you know, like, well, this addiction has me like, you know, this is who I am, you know, because I can't shake this. Well, that's not true. Scripture says because now God has made you his, he gives you access to a power that allows you to not be bound to those things anymore. So, uh, you know, that's right. Yeah. It comes from the power of the Holy Spirit, which, uh. Like yeah, like I said, I feel, I feel like there's so much more you know I could have said, but so you know, yeah. but that's absolutely the truth. Um, something that we said too. So living up to your new name, right? And Peter, we read from First Peter. That's he's talking about how we're chosen, we're holy, we're priests. So we talked about that. Um, but you know, something that really hit me. I wasn't <clears throat> gonna go, like, be talking about community, like, you know, be part of a community. I wasn't gonna go there, but it really was like just hitting me in the passage. Once you were a people, you're his. Uh, chosen people you're his holy nations like it just was like so like jumping out at me and so that's why i said that like i think peter's showing that it involves being in a community so i wanted to ask like how or why can christianity become so individualistic i'm not saying that there isn't an individual element but we talked about this 
last week at Young Adults as well. I, and I, you know. Yeah, I have a firm, I, have a, I do have a belief on this. That's so all I'm going to go on record. This is my personal opinion, okay? okay? I, don't, okay. <laughs> I don't want no drama. I don't want to cause the church no, no issues. Yeah. But this is my personal opinion. My personal opinion is the reason why Christianity becomes so individualistic is I believe that especially in America, Christianity has taken on its own kind of like basically American culture affects Christianity. Mm-hmm. And I think that American culture can oftentimes be, hey, man, you know what? Look out for number one. And because of that, that stuff bleeds over into the way we do life together. It's so interesting to me when kids go on mission trips right they go on mission trips and they see christian communities in other countries they're like yo they just love each other they come together they like you know they're like oh you need something to eat like they just kind of just they just (laughs) do it like and they're like oh you need some clothes like boom like and they just do it because they it's almost like in those spaces they realize that if we don't have each other we have nothing Hmm. but when you talk about american culture it's uh, it's man it's American church culture, it's just not that way. You see a lot of different pastors kind of posturing themselves and being like, uh, well, you know what, like, we'll do this here, you know, and that church down the street, we can do it better than them. But I, you know what, I want to go on record too and say, I thank God that Pastor Pastor Jeff is not that way. Pastor Jeff has relationships with all kinds of like people of faith from like not just Christian Christianity, but like uh, he's got relationships with people from the Jewish faith, from the uh, Muslim faith. And like he's connecting with them and connects with them all the time. And is always like, yeah, which is dope. And I love that. Um, But there are some pastors who are very much individualistic. And I would say that that is a little bit because of American culture. So. There has to be a point, I think, where we as believers, I don't wanna, I'm not saying we go into Marxism. I'm not saying we go into like, <laughs> you know, like that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that the idea of the idea of taking human value of people, right, and applying that into our faith, I think, could go a long way. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. So certainly, yeah, American values the American value of the individual, of consumerism, yes. has clearly played a, a part. Yes. And so we can come to church, make it about us, make it about me, what I need. It's about me and my relationship with God and how I feel from that. And that can be a factor sometimes. Right. And I think that, like, I, I don't know. What's tough is that none of those things are bad or wrong or untrue. It's just that that can now become the center or the focus mm. or the foundation when it's a part of it or a piece or a benefit mm. of it, maybe. I mean, even think about how we talk about it. We talk about Jesus is my personal savior, mm-hmm. you know, which kind of like narrows it down to just me. And I think there's other ways that we talk about that. My faith, how I'm growing, you know, and those things, again, you're like you're saying, they're not bad things, but it can kind of become all, all that we think about. And our faith is our faith <laughs> right mm-hmm. it's 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 a community effort and actually I, I i don't know why sometimes it does become individualistic other than we use some of those things in the culture but then if you think about it 
being in a community that helps us to be what God's created to be because we have others who are coming alongside of us who have same values that can be like, Hey, this is what God created you to be. I'm going to help you be that. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm going to help you almost like an accountability, but not sometimes we think of accountability as being the police. Right. But not necessarily that, but saying, Hey, like, Hey, this is who God's created you to be. Like, you, you're really like gifted in this area. Well, like you were saying you know? last week, Pastor Jamal on the podcast, like the expectation, like the, the accountability in that sense of like, Hey, like, why aren't you doing this? Like, or mm. why don't you step up? Like, well, what are you talking about? But other people around you actually are going to help you yeah. rise to the next right. level. Like yeah. in that sense. Right. And also recognize things in you. Yes. Yeah. Maybe you don't recognize in yourself and they mm. can build you up in that. And, and that can help you be, um, and, and community is really, really important. If you think about how we view ourselves um, and, and um, you know, you talk about the window, what people know about me that I don't know about me. And um, the idea that as we come together, people can see us clearly and help us to see ourselves clearly, too, you mm. know, and, and to live out that identity. Yeah. Um, I had a professor in college who would always talk. Uh, he would try not to use the word church. It's not like he didn't use it, but he would try to instead use the term community of faith. And um, even in the mission statement for Valley Forge, it was like uh, raising up individuals to be servant leaders in like in the church and in the world. And he thought it should say raising up a community of faith, not, not individuals. It should be raising a community of faith to be servant leaders in the church and in the world. And um, I feel like I've really, once I kind of stepped into ministry, I felt like I really adopted that, or I've thought more and more about how significant that is. And I try to use that sometimes now. Um, you know, I, I've said it like this before. I think, I think in America, we do a good job of having a personal relationship with Jesus because that is a huge aspect of our faith. Um, but sometimes we don't understand the community relationship with Jesus that we actually have. And that I feel if you're going to see what, more of one or the other in the Bible, in the New Testament, that's what you see more of, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it was interesting for me in youth group because I felt like it was the opposite. That they, they didn't really have a Christian background. They didn't really have um, Bible knowledge, stories, stuff like that. That's why I did Jacob, because I was like, they've never even heard of this guy before, mm. and I'm their youth pastor. I should probably teach them this story. Like, yeah. But so it was, it, to me, my challenge was trying to get them to own a personal walk with God, but I felt like that they had a really great sense of a community walk with God. Like, yeah you know, doing things together, going to retreat, raising money for Speed the Light, being there and saying, like, I'm going to invite somebody to youth group. Like, this this community walk with God, I felt was very strong there, which I thought was unique. Mm. Um, but So I was trying to get them to, like, have, like, so go home and pray by yourself. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah. You know, so. Um, but so, yeah, that's really cool. Um, so, yeah, we said living up to your new, new name. It's a community. It's a process. And it's... Um, it's a daily decision. And so we said, when we live up to our new name, others can receive their new name. And we talked about the idea of how a priest is, uh, and that's what I tried to play it off that way. When I first talked about priests, I'm like, wow, we have access to God's throne in a very personal, individual way. Isn't right. that beautiful for me and my walk with God? I can be in his presence. But then I tried to like flip it and say, and actually the purpose of a priest having access to God's throne is for other people. No, right. And that's so... Right. Yeah. Um, that, you know, the, in Corinthians, we are Christ's ambassadors. Um, and Peter says, you know, don't be ashamed if you suffer for the name of being a Christian. 
Um, so I was thinking like, you know, sometimes uh, we've talked about sharing our faith before and stuff like that, but what, you know, what makes it tough or, you know, he's saying, don't be ashamed if you suffer. Like how do Christians maybe suffer? And we're talking about American Christianity right now. What are ways that we can feel embarrassed or are there labels people give Christians that we're say, that's why it's tough for me to maybe say, can I pray for you? Or what what are some of those roadblocks sometimes that we face? I, I think sometimes Christians who stick to faith get labeled as fanatics, mm-hmm. you know, and as being um, closed-minded. And I think that's one of the biggest things. I mean, who wants to be labeled as being closed-minded, mm. you know, or, or, or along with that, a lot of times bigot, yeah, you know, and things like that. We get called because of the fact that um, we don't always go by cultural trends and 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 standards and stuff and i think sometimes that's one of the hard things like we don't want to be too much associated with those things because those things have a bad name and so it's easy to be like i don't want to talk about my faith because i don't want people to think i hate i don't want people to hate me uh and i think maybe in our identity in christ if we hmm learn to love others the way Christ loves us, it might help dispel some of those false identities that people find sure. us. So what yep. you're saying is maybe some of those labels are warranted. Is that what you're saying, Pastor oh. Todd? <laughs> I was waiting. I, I was like, what you're like you yo. <laughs> I was like, because here's the deal. Some people, for real, that are claimed, call themselves Christians really do need to kind of do a heart check because... If our faith calls us to have value for the person that draws breath and bears the image of God, we need that needs to be put into practice within our faith. That needs to be put into practice within our faith. And if you see someone who looks different than you, has a different faith than you, has a different sexual orientation than you, and all you do is spew hate and vitriol and you call yourself a Christian, like that's that's not that's not good. And here, here's an example I just thought of. This this is getting actually like uh, I'm just gonna throw this out there and be yeah, like yeah. I'm <laughs> But it's the truth. It's, it's just an truth. example of what of truth. what you said. Yeah, so it's it's the just, truth. It's no, I just I got you. All right. So like it's even the idea, right? Uh, I, I think that um, you know, most Christians that are going to be against abortion, why? It's because of the idea, like, that life has value, even, like, that early on. Every single life has value. But then Christians can become so hateful and, you know, vehement or whatever against people who are pro-abortion that it's almost like, mm-hmm. wait, the reason that we're, you know, quote, against abortion is because of the value and sanctity of right. life, which the people who are for abortion they have the equal value and sanctity of life. Their breath is yeah. just as valuable. Right. And so you can't spew hate at them. You can't spew hate. Like you can't spew hate and diminish their value. Yes. Now, yeah, yes. now you can't I understand. diminish their value. You can't diminish their yes. value. I understand you may disagree about their choice and Absolutely. feel that they're not bringing that same energy to the value of the unborn, Absolutely. I, and I understand Absolutely. that this is a very like, like this is a very touchy situation. Yes, I, I didn't want to like, get that. Totally, no, 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 no. I just thought I it was the right, the right picture. But I think yeah. 
I think the minute we, I say we, the minute a person of faith decides to diminish the value of another person to prove a point, you've lost. Mm, yes. Yeah. That's what, that's what I was, that's what I'm yes, trying to say. Yes. And we justify it by saying, I'm trying to show how valuable this person is. Right. And that's where we get, that's where people can say, well, now you sound like a hypocrite or right. now you sound, well, whatever, you know? And, and I think that was the point of that. Like one good little verse too, that helps sum that up was when it talks about um, how with our tongues, we curse people. Mm-hmm. And with our tongues, we worship God. Right. But how can we worship God and then curse people who are made in the image of right. God? Yeah. Right. I, and so, I actually just read that this morning. Right. Yeah. So that's <laughs> a that's a pretty intense Can't. verse that I think does go with some of this. Like when we paint with broad strokes and be like, well, this person is a horrible human being because... Mm-hmm of something that they've done. And then we're like, but we're not defined by what we do. We're defined by Christ. Oof. Like if we're going to take that identity on ourselves, then we also need to understand that other people are also not defined by what they do, but are defined by who Christ says they are. And Christ says they're in people in need of a savior. Right. Yeah. Come on, man. You know, and that's not always easy because it's sometimes not. when people disagree with us yeah, or they absolutely. look different or yes. they look in our terms, bizarre, it makes us uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But uncomfortability doesn't necessarily negate God's image mm. in people. And so um, so if we want to work against the label of being a fanatic or being a bigot, then it starts by seeing the image of God stamped in people before we see what we might consider bizarre or mm-hmm. different or ignorant. Right. So, I mean, and... And if if we're looking for examples of what that looks like, Jesus hung out with people that were disenfranchised, the people considered outcasts. You know, he was like, Zacchaeus, I need to come to your house. Like, And who, who were the people that judged Jesus? All of the religious people who wouldn't hang out with them. So it wasn't like uh, the people Jesus hung out with, they were like, all right, this guy, like he's a little different. And... And he remind he makes me see my unrighteousness. I'm conscious, Zacchaeus. I know I'm a sinner because I'm hanging out with Jesus. And oh my gosh, I need to change my life. Like, but who who was mad at Jesus for doing it? Not Zacchaeus. No, it was the religious people who couldn't get their hands dirty. They're like, whoa, what are you doing hanging out with these types of people again? Almost like feeling that 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 um, entitlement of like, whoa, you're supposed to be here for us, not, mm. you know what I mean? Like, th- you're wow. our savior, you know what I mean? Like, not, like, <laughs> no, man, I came for the world, bro. Like, it's like not, it's bigger than you, bro. Like, it's literally. Dude, I feel that way. Rebecca and I were talking, like, yesterday even. Like, I- I've thought this way before. I'm like, dude, if I, you know, and maybe this is God's grace and mercy l- allowing me to be born on this side of mm-hmm. the cross. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, if I was around when Jesus was around, I just I, I feel pretty confident that I, I would just be with the Pharisees and be like, who is this guy? Like, mm-hmm. No, 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 yeah, no. no and yeah, like, yeah. That's, I'm thankful I'm over here and I could be like, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so just to throw out like, because we're talking about it, too, something else to consider is that sometimes people. I want to be careful how to say this. Like, their hearts are to protect the gospel. Like, these things are offensive yes. to God, yeah, yeah. and and I and I and I understand that. But how we approach that mm-hmm. is what needs to yeah. be challenged, because yes. we should yeah. Yeah, we yes. should have a heart that 
like okay this person what this person is doing is sin and it does have consequences and it's awful but it's what they're doing it's not who they are you yeah. know what i mean so even the pharisees did want to preserve the purity of scripture mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. just didn't quite get what god's heart was in that mm-hmm. and yeah. so it's not wrong that the things that offend god like sin like we feel uncomfortable with yeah but then it's how we approach addressing that thing that is where sometimes we really get off because that's really you know what those things sin is sin Mm -hmm. but oftentimes we gloss over the scriptures that talk about where it's god's kindness that leads to repentance as Mm -hmm. opposed to god's anger that leads to repentance right yeah and what what's to say in uh I think it's James. Yeah, that the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Yeah. Right. That too. It's yeah. God's kindness that reads yeah. God's kindness leads to repentance and man's anger does not produce God's righteousness. Right. Yeah. So. right. So right, immediately I think of um the woman caught in adultery, you know, when they bring her before Jesus and Jesus is like, "Cool, like, all right, let he with without sin cast the first stone." Like immediately he's like, "Let's let's put everybody on even footing here <laughs> and then yeah. let's have conversation," you know? Um and I think that well, I guess what I'm thankful for is that in that moment, even in that moment, God doesn't hold her sin against her, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I, and I I don't know, I just feel like I feel like we need to be just careful about how, like what you said, Pastor Todd, how we go about um, navigating some of these things. Because if you just, yeah, if you diminish the person across from you, then I think, I think you're in the wrong. And uh, to bring it back to the idea of like Jacob wrestling, like and saying we shouldn't immediately just uh, uh, immediately jump on people's identities of us that they give us then also maybe we need to wrestle through with our uncomfortability sometimes with things mm. and be like, well, why am I uncomfortable with this? Is it because it's so, str- it's so unfamiliar to me, mm-hmm. you know, and wrestle through those things to get to, okay, so now I've wrestled this. I understand why I'm feeling this way. Now, how do I approach them in, 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 in God instead of like the quick knee jerk reaction of like, Ooh, right. I don't like this man. They're bad. Right. You know, and, and really trying to wrestle through. And I think that can help protect us some of we if we take almost like this okay i the, i have these feelings going on uh, i'm uncomfortable with this this thing is 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 not good i see it as sin but then how does god view it and then and then maybe wrestle with it till daybreak like jacob mm, did. no that's good and then and then be like okay now i now can approach I can, this right or whatever because i think sometimes what happens is we i'm gonna say we i'm gonna sp- I'll, I'll, you know what i'll eliminate that and say i'll say I, me I'll, well, I was gonna <laughs> no, say, I'm, no, I'm, I'm gonna say you. me i think I'm sometimes it what now. it is what I know that I can do is I can say, I can look at somebody else's sin and say, well, I would never dot, dot, dot. And immediately it's like, bro, like, who are you? You know what I mean? Like the minute, excuse me, the minute I'm like, well, I would never do this. You know what I'm saying? Like someone could easily come alongside and say, you know, see something I do and say, well, I would never do, you know, that. But if I could take a minute and see that person um, across from me, um, as an image bearer, right, and then also say, you know, how can I, uh, how can I, you know, how can I empathize with them? What, look at them with eyes of compassion and kindness, and say, yeah. man, can I, can I, let me see if I can identify that struggle. And if I can't identify with that struggle, then let me point them to someone who can, and his name is Jesus. That's right. Period. Yeah. And I think 
Well, you said, Pastor Todd, too, wrestling with why does this make me uncomfortable? I think of maybe even, I, now I'm not a parent, um, but I think of maybe a parent who you can, maybe your teenager or even your young adult, your kids are making decisions that you don't like, um, that you're not happy with. But, it's, but you know, maybe, yeah, you, you're uncomfortable because it, it feels like this is a reflection on me or like that's why I'm giving them a hard time. I'm not trying to identify. I, I'm seeing their sin or the decision I don't approve of, and that's all I can see. But wrestle with it. Why Why can't I talk with my child about this? Or why, you know, wh- why am I wrestling with this? Is it because I feel that if they make these decisions, I'm afraid of their future? Okay. I, I feel if they make these decisions, it's a reflection on me as a parent. Okay. If I can start to identify those things, now I can start um, to change the way I have those conversations too. Um, yeah. I thought of that as, as you said that. So Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's good. I, and really wrestling with it should change how we talk about it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so if I understand that I'm uncomfortable with it because I can't relate, mm-hmm. um, then maybe instead of saying, what are you doing? Mm. Or, or I can't believe you would do this is an abomination or whatever, whatever it may be. We can approach it like, well, what brought you to this place? Mm-hmm. Like, why do you feel like this is the only choice you have? Or, you know, and it, it changes how we do the conversation, which is what you were saying. Yeah, it does. Which last thought on that, actually, a quote from Andy Stanley. I remember I heard him preach in a sermon one time, and he said, I don't know what your story is, but I know this. If I had your story, I would have made all the same decisions and be mm-hmm. where you are now. And I remember when he said that, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. it's easy for me to say, man, ah, oh, that's that stinks. That person's wrestling with this, or this is where they are. Man, I wish they could just understand that you know God loves them and they can change their life. But like I've I've come to that understanding. Why you know maybe why doesn't hasn't this person? But he was like, if I had your story, I'd be in the same place. So I can't. I don't know. I, I thought of that. Yeah. No. So I think I think so. I hear that quote and I think to myself, oh, well. Maybe not necessarily. And I feel like the reason why not necessarily is because you're still you. Yeah, you're not okay. them making the, living that life. You're True. you. Yes. So maybe I think it's, I think Andy's quote is good, has good intentions and good sentiment. I don't know if it's fully translatable in this, or I don't know if it fully transfers over in the sense that you still remain you. So if you were put in that position, you may not have made the same decisions. I think it's a little bit more complex than that, but I think the sentiment is still the same. You and know I what guess I mean? That's like I, I feel mean, like, 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 yeah, the looking, sentiment of it is still the same. But I yeah. think that if you were in that scenario, you'd probably make different decisions. You'd probably make some of the same decisions, but you would still be Matt in the midst of that. Yeah, it's the that's I, true. it's that's the true. understanding of you are not me so i don't even we don't even think the same like perfect example we all have better halves right <laughs> and in conversations with our better halves better three quarters <laughs> <laughs> we we sometimes are like flabbergasted at the most minute of things like yeah. i can't I love my wife with all my heart on the cusp of Valentine's Day. This is what I go to. She on the is cu- your better half. Is she, uh, I'm, like, I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, why would you even do this on, like, right on the cusp of Valentine's Day uh, day week? But I can't understand why she likes grape jelly over strawberry jelly like i'm just like yo like that is an issue (laughs) i'm like yo come on like strawberry jelly is clearly the best like i'm like so and i'm just like like why 
I can't like, yeah, yeah. And, and I just can't understand. And so if that in and of itself, right, is something that we can't even sometimes we struggle with in our own relationships with someone that we love. Mm. Now throw in this idea of someone that you don't even know whose story you don't even know and some of the decisions that they've made. How could you possibly even like begin? And, you know what I'm saying? I feel like yeah. that's a whole there's, there's just levels of complexity there that I think we don't always take into consideration. I that, guess that's what I'm trying to say. And that's what I meant is like yeah. we can look at another person and say, how have they not arrived at the conclusion I've arrived at? Mm. What's wrong with this person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are they struggling with this sin? Well, maybe if I had their story, mm. I would be at a different place too. Yeah. And, and what you're saying is right. Yeah. Maybe if I had their story, actually, I would have made different decisions still. But I think he's trying to come against that idea of like, well, if I had their story, you know, I would have just made a different decision, and it, it's that easy. Like, no, it's it really is more complicated than that. So, you know, as we begin to wrap up, this is something that I wanted to ask. When it comes to the labels or the stereotypes about Christians or they're this or that, and I can be embarrassed. Oh, well, you know, you know, people think it can be embarrassing, whatever. I want to say, so, so what are you doing about it? No, that's, that's what I want to yeah, say. That's good. That's, yeah. that's really no. That is it. Like yes, so yes. What are you doing about it? Right. It's true that maybe you can be perceived as bigoted. Yeah. Maybe you can be perceived as closed-minded. So what are you doing about it? And not what are you not doing about it? Well, I'm gonna make sure I I don't seem very hateful. That's extremely passive and a great thing to not do. <laughs> but but what are you? doing about it what are you actively doing about it? like can you live out the identity that you want people to see that that's what christians are right absolutely that's so. it all right guys as we wrap up uh you know valentine's day coming up this weekend any plans for you guys or not so much valentine's day is not too big or where are you guys at with that all right steph and i talked mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> We don't do gifts for Valentine's Day per se. Um, we'll get each other cards. Um, Steph loves cards. Um, I could take them or leave them. You know, I don't. I don't care. But I know that she likes them, so I'm gonna make sure I get her one. And then um, we, as a family, are gonna go out and probably have dinner somewhere. You know, and that's and that's it. You know, not too much. Uh, expectations of that yeah so same we're probably gonna go out as a family and do a little dinner stuff i do have a couple things planned for phyllis just to let her know that you know she's she's the best but she is very very big on me she if she were to have her way she would want me to get all of her valentine's day stuff on the 15th when it's half off and like oh yeah she's like dude like she's like you want to show me you love me save us money like yeah like that's literally dollar store card she's like save us (laughs) money like why would you do like but i want to show you but i'm a i'm in the rom-coms she's not you know i'm like i'm gonna show you i love you and i want it to be just like the movie she's like uh poop on that like you know like (laughs) this she's like look at this you get the same flowers for half the money like (laughs) yeah I get it, like, but so that would be her. Yeah, that would be her. I guess perfect Valentine's Day would be February fifteenth. That is that is very Rebecca. That's very Rebecca. So, if yeah. I were to get her something yeah. expensive for Valentine's yeah, yeah. Day, it would just be like, why did you spend money on this? Because yeah. like, I care about you. Why, I don't need this. Yeah. Why did you buy it? That's like, right. I love you. Why don't you so, love me back? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. We, we actually don't do anything too too crazy. Usually, we started dating like 
in March actually. So like a lot of times we wouldn't do too much for Valentine's Day because our dating anniversary was March. Hmm. Now our marriage anniversary is April. But we'll we'll probably go out. I usually will still get her something small and you know whatever. So we'll probably go out to dinner that sort of thing. There you go. So all right, everybody. Well, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Word. Later. <laughs>